0: What's going on, everyone? This is Alex Chateras here with the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast, with the Knicks episode three dropping this time, all right? But let me give you a quick rundown of what we're going to talk about today. First, we're going to talk about this new assistant coach hire in Johnny Bryant. Then we're going to talk about the Sacramento Kings working at Scott Perry in a potential marriage, a remarriage, I should say. Then we're going to look at Mike Miller, who might be out the door. And then we're going to discuss a little bit of trade and free agency because, you know, that's always a hot topic for the Knicks. And, of course, we have to discuss a little bit of the NBA lottery, which is for us tomorrow. But when you're going to be hearing this is going
1: to be on Friday. But for John, what do we got for Etcetera today? What's up, Alex, for cetera today? We got a lot of the NBA bubble, man. The NCAA March Madness-style playoffs has been a hit. These series have been insane. And, of course, we'll talk about the state of our New York Yankees.
0: Sounds great, John. All right, Ricey, you know what to do.
1: Ricey K. man.
0: What's good, everyone? This is Ouch Terrace here with the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast, and with me as always. Is my wonderful co-host John Malika. John, how are you doing today, my man?
1: I'm good, dude. I'm good. Just we are knee deep into the NBA playoffs. We got the lottery coming. But how are you, man? Coming coming to us from vacation with that muffled mic. Well tell us where you're at, Alex.
0: Uh well, if people haven't heard to the Jets episode, I am in Martha's Vineyard for the week. Uh today has been a very Beautiful and long day. Uh, got to golf this morning. Haven't golfed in a while. Hit, had my best game yet of my entire life. So, <laughs> feeling pretty good. I should have actually tried the lotto today. That's how good it was. I had this crazy shot that just like went into to like a water hazard, then popped right back out and landed on the green. I don't know how that happened, but it just happened. So.
1: Nice, was the weather nice by you?
0: Dude, it was a beautiful day. It was uh, great. I. It was a sunny day, no wind. Great day to play golf.
1: Nice. Phenomenal. We had some we had some pretty heavy rain down here uh, in the city. Thank you. Thank you for taking the rain. That way. You have a day. <laughs> yeah, let's say that's good. That's good. How are you doing today though? Everything good? Everything's good, man. Everything's good. We'll get into it on etc. today, but the bubble has just been crazy. But let's just get into some Knicks talk, man. We we got some we got some crazy Knicks stuff going on in the offseason.
0: Absolutely. So John, as you know, the Knicks hired a new assistant coach. And Johnny Bryant. Now, I love this move. After doing some reading and hearing the talks, especially from jazz reporters, they're upset that they're losing another key guy from that team. We already took Walt Perrin for scouting purposes. Now we're taking a developmental assistant coach in Johnny Bryant. And even Donovan Mitchell is upset that he's going. He had a whole thing. He had a whole uh, speech while in the bubble. But Donovan Mitchell, as he said, they're going to try and focus on the playoffs right now before he leaves. So I like the move. From what I've been reading, it seems like we've got a good developmental coach. He helped Donovan Mitchell as soon as Donovan Mitchell entered through the door. And he also helped Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard called him his big brother, which I'll take that. So two guards that have developed well under the two, uh, the two, under be, the two best Ryan.
1: guards and the two best guards in the bubble right now.
0: Oh my God! So and they're both dropping mad points. Yeah. So we're getting him plus Walt Perrin, who's drafted six six NBA All Stars, and we got the new KP in town. Kenny, the Payne, only KP in town, the only KP in <laughs> town, who's known for developing bigs, dude. I think we're getting some sort of staff.
1: Yeah, man. I, it's. It's super weird. I mean, I, I, I feel the the panic and shock in your voice when you talk about competence and the Knicks front office. And so it's, it's kind of nice, man. It's kind of nice that we have players praising our, uh, you know, our hirings, our coach hirings, our front office hirings. It's nice. Um, and the only reason we're so excited is because we're just not used to it. Okay? Like, we're not used to having good – player coaches come, good actual coaches come, X's and O's guys, players in the front office who people respect. We're not used to this type of uh, influence pre-showing up to the actual Knicks organization.
0: It's really weird. I am like, as you said, you hear my voice, like I'm excited. And yet proceeding with caution this entire time, I'm happy because, And it's not like the players, players is one thing, you know, players will always back coaches. Coaches will always back players. It's just kind of like an unwritten rule in the NBA. Right. And in sports in general, you know, how many times have you heard a coach talk well about a player or a player talk about, well, about a coach. Like we had it for David Fisdale, right. LeBron, D Wade, all those guys talk so well about David Fisdale, but how many times do you hear reporters go into this? And that's, the crazy part: we have guys like Bill Simmons praising our front office. We have John Hollinger of the Athletic praising. We have beat reporters from the Jazz and other cities saying that they're upset when they're losing their guys. We have guys in Kentucky for basketball upset that we're taking Kenny Payne. I mean, like, sure, we <laughs> yeah. could, we could, we could, they could be doing the same thing and talking well because it's they Payne have doing. to. Have, yeah, sure, and they have to keep the relationship and show that you know they're going to support whoever's you know, in the office at the time. But there also has to be some sort of, like, there has to be some sort of truth to it as well, right? This can't all be, you know, everyone's great, right? I don't th- – talk me off the ledge, John. Am I going nuts over here or is this like, well, what's going on?
1: Well, here's the thing, man, and and I know how it, here's, I know how it sounds because I'm with you, I'm in the boat with you, but I know how this all sounds. We just sound like two crazy Knicks fans – who are sitting here with no substance, right? Like with just like a couple of coaches, right? Like no no roster and we'll get into that, right? But we're just sitting here with a couple of coaches who've done okay in the past and we think and we're optimistic that it's going to translate here. The problem is everybody looking at us right now <laughs> has just seen us talk about coach after coach after coach after hire that just doesn't work out. So I'm also as optimistic as you. I, I really... I'm excited about the beat writers. I mean, that to me, it really holds water. The jazz beat writers talking about an assistant coach. That's big news um, because they're the ones on the front lines, so to say. Um, So I really like that. And I really like the Kenny Payne with the Kentucky players, of course, like you said that, but the college players that are in the NBA don't have to talk about the assistant coach. You know what I mean? For Kentucky, like they don't have to actually do that, but, it really seemed genuine. So, for the non Knicks fans, I get it. I get, I get that this is. Uh, it always feels like it's over the top when it's a New York hire, and we're super excited about something. And I totally am with that. But there really is a sense of optimism, and there really is a sense of growth and rebuilding, and kind of turning New York, the New York Knicks, into a basketball organization. And I'm really excited about that. And I, we, we can't we can't deny that.
0: For sure, man. And that's something I say, I think that's the one takeaway that we have to get from all of this, right, is that it seems like we're becoming a true basketball team. We're investing in development. We got two guys who are at the top of their game in development for the guys that we know about. Payne, it's Anthony Davis. It's Carl Anthony Towns. For, you know, for Bryant, it's Donovan Mitchell. It's Damian Lillard. We're talking about NBA All Stars at this point. So that's why we're excited, but it is the Knicks and there's always some hesitation. Also, it's only on paper. Everything looks great on paper. And if anyone listens to our Jets podcast, we know that we're so used to paper, especially when it comes to Jets. So both those things are transferable. But John, going into another sore topic, you know, we were both talking about this. For the past couple of weeks now, about Mike Miller potentially being part of this assistant coach staff. It now seems like he's not going to be around. And instead, the full coaching staff seems to be Tom Thibodeau, Kenny Payne, Johnny Bryant. Those are the three confirmed that we know. And Mike Woodson, who's still unsigned, but according to Steve Popper, he's expected to sign soon. Um, um,
1: the Clippers are, he's the assistant coach of the Clippers right now, and they're no,
0: but no, actually, he's not. He's not assistant uh, coach oh, okay. right now. No, yeah, no, he knows. So he's actually – he's technically a free agent. But okay. um, I think it's just things starting to – trying to get worked out. Um, I know I was shocked like you. Yeah, I found out that he wasn't an assistant coach anymore with the Clippers. And um, so it's Okay, all so what do you, what, what, how,
1: do you, how do you feel about Mike, about Mike Miller kind of being the odd man out here and not uh, really getting – so he, he, got, he got an interview, right, for the head coaching position. And I think to be an assistant coach too. I think it's for both roles. But okay. um, how do you feel about him kind of being off the off the squad? I mean, I know he coached your beloved Westchester Knicks to the chip.
0: And he he did. Came,
1: and then he came and and he kind of put something together uh, with the Knicks. You know, whatever couple of games he had before the season ended.
0: But, I think to answer your question, I think it's a little. It's interesting because he's looking for another gig and potentially it's going to be an assistant coach. That's what it's gathered. Um, I think Steve Popper also said this as well, that he's potentially going to look for other opportunities. You know, I'm not, I'm not thrilled, but I'm not upset either. I'm somewhere in the middle. And the way I look at it as it's that he, he did a good job with Westchester. Right. Mm -hmm. But if he, if he feels that he can get a better job, being like the, you know, the assistant coach, mm-hmm. be, being like this, like under the, right under the head coach, which he very, very, they may, yeah, may very well be able to get, uh, then go for it. I understand. He feels like he's going to be at the end of the bench. And in all honesty, he will be based yeah, exactly. on the names that we got. So right. I get that. At the same time, I, and he got a promotion too. He came from You know, he came from Westchester, he came up to the Knicks, he was the, he became the interim head coach. If I was thrown into that situation and I show that I was competent and got a good team going, or like a low average team to being an average team going and was on a 30 win pace, you know, season, even though he came in late when the team was four and 18, I get it. It stinks because he did so such wonders with the Westchester team and he did a good job with the main team. But if he's not going to work well with Tibbs and there's going to be animosity, like you can't have that on a staff. So I get it. It stinks. I like, I like what he did. I think he, I think he's good, especially with the X's and O's and being able to create a defensive playing to player strengths. But when you have a staff that we have right now, it's not like we're missing that much. If it's see if it's Johnny Bryant, Kenny Payne and Tom Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau is an X's and O's guy. And if we're getting Mike Woodson, Two on this staff. All four of those guys. We're talking about quite a staff, right? So yeah, yeah, I'm happy uh, for him.
1: I'm happy for him too. Like we're we're just, I feel like I'm I'm happy for Miller. And I agree with you. He could find a better opportunity because honestly, he has no road to the top. He has no road to the top of the bench with the Knicks. He's never going to be the head coach of the Knicks. He will never be hired. Yeah,
0: I don't see it. Like he could have been like a Jeff Van Gundy situation, right? In, he had assist. it. He had it. It was open. He had it. It, that it, it was closed. right there. Yeah. No, he like, he could have been from assistant to intern back to assistant, then back to head coach. Right. Yeah. Not going to happen. So it's, it's just not there. And I get why he wants to move on. Right.
1: Yeah. And, so, and where do you, what do you, where do you see him going? Do you, do you see any potential uh, squads, any teams or anywhere hit, see him going?
0: I mean, I don't really see any, any teams that need an assistant coach right now. It depends on, who needs a new hire and who's like changing, who's tweaking. Right. So if there is a team right now that's tweaking. It's
1: the Sacramento Kings.
0: Um, you know, and yeah. I, I
1: love Mike. I love Mike. Mil- Honestly, I love Mike Miller on the Kings and especially with all those Scott Perry rumors. I really, I really do like it over there. Yeah. He
0: could definitely be a guy that goes over there, especially if Perry goes over there because they lost Vladi and they lost uh, Stočević. Um, Paja, man. Yeah.
1: Zayakovich.
0: Sayakovich, sorry, I'm so bad with pronouncing names, man. Thank <laughs> yeah.
1: you.
0: Um, so yeah, they lost both those guys. They liked Perry when he was there. He drafted the Aaron Fox. Um, so Perry
1: could very well go over there, right? Which do you, do you, do you, see, do you see? Do you see that uh, the rumors of that Scott Perry trade to Sacramento? Do you see that? Do you see that sort of thing happening? Because I definitely don't see no, Scott Perry trade. No a bunch no, of rumors yeah. no that's not
0: happening they would have to like if they want scott if they want to trade for scott perry and give us like money or a draft pick by all means do it um because he's only here on a year right so mm-hmm. if they really want him that much they can my question is do they this is the thing with sacramento do they go with an interim gm and an interim uh president of basketball operations i don't think they can do that with the president of basketball operations they do need to hire somebody gm is interesting are they going to wait for the one year to be done or are they going to trade from that's the question are they going to wait for the one year to be done i don't know i can see we, they traded him to us exactly that's why i think that's why it's so funny i think that's why it's And so if funny. we trade him back that's <laughs> hilarious but yeah. and you know what i can see that happening with leon rose because he would do right create the relationship he has a relationship maintain the relationship it's going to be, I told you this, it's going to be a couple ways. It's either like Perry's done here and they let him go easily at the end of the year or so that way he can get another opportunity or if there's another opportunity that's going to be good for him and we know Perry's not going to be here, which this could be the situation now, he could be traded. So I, I can see those options coming. So it's not too far-fetched. I just don't know how desperate Sacramento is. Are they just going to trade a second round, which would be cool, but if that does happen, it's going to probably happen after the draft. After we utilize Scott Perry for whatever you know intel he has for our team, we're not just going to let him go to the Kings that easily. Um,
1: yeah, I, I do think it's important that the Knicks finally start having good exit relationships, right? So, what, <laughs> whether it's like whether it's like with Scott Perry or whether it's with Mike Miller or whether it's with players, which we'll get into. But I think it's, start, it's going to – and I already think it's going to happen. But it's going to be so important for the Knicks to just start having a good reputation, right? Like you don't, you don't see teams leaving – I hate to say this, but like the Miami Heat, nobody leaves the Miami Heat and, and, and talks bad about them. Everybody leaves the Heat, and they're happy about it. they treated me right, and they love Miami, love to go back. Everybody that leaves the Knicks, number one, gets better. <laughs> but number two – they always, you know, talk down about the Knicks, whether it's about, you know, whether it's this, that, or the other. And sometimes it's the media, but, which is not completely our fault. But I, I'm, I, I'm, ha- I'm hoping that somebody like Leon Rose and all these different, you know, characters we kind of have now who have respect everywhere, you know, we're kind of stretched out. I hope that we treat someone like Scott Perry well, so that we have a future relationship, we treat someone like Mike Miller well, and that we continue to treat our players right and X players for
0: sure. That is that's ma- that, that That's the dream <laughs> and that's maintaining the relationship. Right. So I think Leon Rose would do something of that nature. I don't see Leon Rose just throwing Scott Perry and letting this continuous cycle of having, uh, you know, bad PR running down the side of MSG. Also, if Steve Stout smart, he would not let this happen either. So but I see, I I I could see, you know, I hope, I hope that the Knicks are like better in this aspect with exit interviews and just leaving on good terms and the players for the most part, talk about it. And I guess front office, I don't know. I don't really hear too much, but that might just be because no one wants to say anything. So, but this is the part of maintaining relationships. So we have Scott Perry potentially out the door and, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? All I can say is this: Imagine being that front office and not
1: drafting Luka Doncic. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, I mean, De'Aaron Fox was a beast in college, and he was he was he's honestly been pretty good. And I'm sure he could even de- develop to be equal to Luka. I mean, I love Luka, but Fox is a beast, man. He just doesn't have a squad. He doesn't have a coach. He Doesn't have a GM. He has nothing. Look, man, you still take Luca. Look, they had they they
0: believed in DSJ and They still take Luca. When you see talent, you take talent. Luca is the next is the next level talent. And uh, I'm always saying this because New York beat reporters really love to keep going at us with just like missing out on Donovan Mitchell, Michael Porter Jr. and everyone else. And can we just relax? Just stop.
1: Man, it makes no it makes honestly no sense. Michael Porter Jr. was on fire for the eight. Eight minutes he played, and then he was terrible. And then he hasn't played in two years. He had a back injury. He had the full first season off. Also, his off-the-court off nonsense, okay? If, if he was in the New York media, if he was on the New York Knicks right now, that is all that we would be talking about.
0: But they also say the same thing for Donovan Mitchell, too. And, no, I, I hear what you're saying with him being injured. I totally agree. But it's just like it's just, it's just enough at this point. Like, we get it. But guess what? Other teams missed on these guys too, and other teams make stupid mistakes. That's just what. That's Was it just a stupid mistake,
1: guess. though. Was it a stupid mistake?
0: Not taking Luca?
1: No, no. For us, like for us, we took we took Frank, and we didn't take Mitchell, and he went a couple picks after us. Was that really? I mean, I I know D, D Mitchell is great, and he's. I really hope he becomes a Nick. But yeah, that's a different topic. But are we really that? dumb no, for drafting it's not. It's
0: not. It's not horrendous. People are just looking at him as a project, and the thing is, like, we're not a team known for development. Now we have guys for development. So if we can develop players, like I said with last week about Michael poor Jr., if we have Kevin Knox as a decent role player, we're not talking about this. Same thing with same thing with Frank Nielkin. If he's a decent role player, we're not talking about this. It's just enough at this point. That's exactly. all. I, that's all I got to say. But let's get into the crux of this podcast. Free agency, free agency. So, John, we know that the Knicks are going to be not big game hunting, but they're going to be hunting for new for a new team. We got to get some new players. You know, we're going to have somewhere around fifty million in cap space that's available. And uh, a top four pick. And a top four pick. <laughs> right now, it's in here with the top four pick. Hope to God. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so. What, what do you feel about the outlook of the team for next year? Would you see any massive changes? Besi- like, we know we're getting new players, but do you see any massive, I should say, like, are we going to be, like, a more competitive team next year? Are we going to be making a push for the playoffs?
1: How do you see us spending a Playoffs. Cap- <laughs> playoffs? <laughs>
0: Wrong podcast.
1: I- Alex, <laughs> Alex, I have five words for you, man, before you even say playoffs, okay? We need a point guard. Okay, that's yes. all. That's all. That's all I want. I need a point guard. I can't remember the last time we had a point guard. We need someone to run the floor. Look what happened to LeBron James and the Lakers in Game One when they had no point guard. They need. We need a point guard, man. That's it.
0: Yeah. No, I I, I agree with that. I agree with that. And I, I'm not going to die. That's where talking, it starts. That's we're, where we're, it starts. I, I agree, and that's where we got the lottery. And you know, we're recording this Wednesday night. And hopefully by the next podcast, we're super happy. Um, <laughs> but for you, going back to what we're talking about, this rebuild, right? what do you expect? who do you, who do you want first of all? what are no no, definitely. what do you expect? What are you expecting for next offseason? How many are you expecting what let me ask you actually let me be more clear. what players are you seeing returning next season that we have right now? of the veterans, of the young guys? Who's going to be back next year?
1: Man, I mean, it's it's a bit of a loaded question, and it it really is going to depend on the lottery, but it's really going to depend on on where Tibbs sees this franchise going with the free agencies looming, right? To be honest with you, it really comes down to, are are we really in the running for a real free agent the next two years, or are we going to keep our guys and develop them? So for me, I think that Leon is going to go, keep my guys, keep it close to the chest. Because if you start buying people, you have, it's, it's, you're, you're leaving yourself more vulnerable. So for the first guy, I do think we are going to decline his option. But I will not be surprised. And I know this is going to sound crazy. I will not be surprised if we get Bobby Portis back on a short deal. I was actually thinking the same thing. I was okay.
0: actually, I was actually thinking the same thing. I was thinking that, you know, I was looking at, um, I was going through the rundown of like ESPN's uh, article, like what the Knicks need to do, how much they have in cash space, and, and so forth. And I was looking at Bobby Portis, and we all know he's going to be what 15 to 18 million next year on the books if we kept him in his contract. I agree with you that we, because here's the thing, we we know it's going to be a short off season. We know we're going to need to stretch big. He is a stretch big The money that he's at Not necessarily valuable For oh, a, rebuilding
1: Insane. CAD, Insane. a rebuilding be, yeah.
0: Rebe- Um, So I can Definitely see him As well as Taj Not getting their contracts Exercised But coming back on shorter Team friendly deals For other potential free agents So I can actually see Bobby Portis Coming back on a on a bench roll. I'm not sure if he's a top priority. He's probably not. Um, But it all depends on the landscape of who we get as bigs as shooters. I know Davis Bertans is a stretch big. He's a stretch four. My thing with Bertans, though, he's a flamethrower from deep. But as a four, he doesn't really do much else Mm -hmm. than just... I mean, he only gets you have around four boards and he shoots and I get the whole spacing, but I want more from a big man that does that. You know what I mean? I don't like getting four boards as a big man. It's not really cutting it for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. And uh, So Taj Gibson has that partially guaranteed contract, which you mentioned. I, I could, gu- I could definitely see Tibbs bringing him back, at least to be that coach on the bench. Or you know, on the plane, you know, in the when they're traveling. For sure, I, I don't think that Alfred Payton is co- is coming back, but he is a Scott Perry disciple. I just feel like he's going to follow Scott Perry f- for at least the next two years, no matter where he goes.
0: <laughs> from uh, from Orlando to the Knicks to now yeah. Sacramento.
1: Yeah, he's gonna, yeah exactly. He's just going to follow him, right? So then the other the other partial contracts we have are Wayne Ellington. We got Reggie Bullock.
0: I see Bullock coming back. Okay, because he's on a really team-friendly deal of like one or two million for next year. That is super team-friendly, and we do need shooting. We do need spacing. And prior to him coming to the Knicks, he was actually he was actually doing a <laughs> solid job shooting. So I can actually see him coming
1: back. Yeah, especially at, speaking of relationships, I think actually the Knicks did really right by Bullock. Uh I know he had a a weird uh little injury, off-season stuff he had going on and then and he wasn't going to be able to pass his physical, but the Knicks kind of worked something out with him. Um so I think I do think I do think that Bullock will come back. One guy we never talk about and I really hope that he has some sort of impact on the team um is Iggy, right? Ignis he he! I think he played really well in Westchester, and I I hope that we get because I know that a, since we're talking free agency, I know that there's going to be a lot of talk about bringing our man Mello back, right on that veteran deal.
0: I don't know if he's going to come back. Like I re- I would be happy to have Mello back, but and we could we're obviously going to talk about more about this later and et etc. But he's doing really well with Portland, and that's a really good team. Mm-hmm. Like. They just upset the Lakers in game one. Yes, one game. Not reading too much into it. It happens to the best teams. But they're playing really well. I don't know if he's going to come back. And I don't see Iggy necessarily being impacted by this. He's still on his rookie contract. They're not just going to let him go unless... I just
1: want to get burned. I just want to get burned somewhere. That's what I'm nervous about. I just feel like what always happens, man, is we get these rookies that look decent. They never get burned, and then their rookie contract runs up, and then they go to another team and they do well. Yeah, and and then, and then we get that list in the playoffs. That's like, look how many players that were former Knicks are in the playoffs right now. Because yeah, we had them. They were decent, and we you know they left, and they finally prospered. And I just don't want that with Iggy.
0: For sure, and he did really well in Westchester this year. He's very crafty. He's able to use his body. He's able to bully down low. He has a nice little herky-jerky motion. He was he improved his three-point shot while in the G League. Definitely want to see him get burned with the roster next season. And I think he's still going to be part of the development. But I don't see him being impacted on who we get. He's also a second-round pick for a reason. He still has to develop. He's he even though he did well in the G League doesn't mean he's truly NBA ready. He still needs rep. And I think he'll get his reps next year.
1: Yeah, I guess my point is I I, I with the free agency talk and that kind of direction of where I, I don't know where I don't I honestly do not know what they're going to do sitting here right now. But where I want where I want them to go is to sort of take this one year as not a rebuild. I hate that word. I hate that term more than anything, but just to figure out what they have, right? Like when you walk into a new firm or a new organization or a new business, like you just, you just got to see your books. You got to see what you have. you got to see your players. Right. And I just don't want to like, for example, I'll let you get right into it, but a trade for somebody like Zach Levine, right? I love Zach Levine. He's fantastic. He's going to be great, but we're going to have to, you know, deplete our roster for Zach Levine, which is great, but I, I just – we kind of know what we have with the Zach Levine. I just I just kind of want to see what I, – I want Tips to build his – we need a point guard. We, again, you need a point guard, and I want him to see what he can do with Mitchell, what he can do with an RJ, what he can do with some young shooting guards. We'll add some veterans in here and there. But, like, I kind of just want to see this, like – organic Knicks team rather than building free agency or building a crazy trade just, just for now, just for the one year and just like, just to see something. But I know that we need a veteran. So I know that something is going to happen.
0: Yeah. Something is going to happen. I don't know if a trade for Zach Levine is going to happen. Um, You know, I I wrote about this on hoops habit recently and I gave two trade scenarios, one more realistic than the other one involved Julius Randle with Kevin Knox. And some draft picks The the Julius Randall trade doesn't happen unless we're giving up most likely two picks. And that's going to involve the Dallas, the Clippers or one of our own that's top 10 protected that I can, it's not guaranteed, but I'm thinking from a bulls perspective, if you got two years left on a contract and he's a, he's ranked 11th in the NBA in scoring and he's an elite scorer, you know, like, 31 games, he scored 25 points or more. That's half the season. He's going to cost a pretty penny. And Zach Levine is not a Jimmy Butler who's going to lead you. He's going to be that dog that you rely on, but he's a good complimentary piece. He's going to cost you something. And the issue with the Knicks is that we don't have the trade assets necessarily individually to get that done. Julius Randle, though, as good as a player as Julius Randle is, and I know people think that we can't trade Julius Randle, and then people don't want Julius Randle. It's true, and it goes for it goes for like not Zach Levine, but it goes for other players as well. Zach Levine is not necessarily the most coveted player out there. People are going to kick the tires to get an idea of how much he's worth. Sit and Julius Randle, he's not in that category. But if you give Julius – if you are trading Julius Randle with the right asset to go along with it or assets, you can move Julius Randle. He's not impossible to move. And especially for a team like the Bulls, I know they like to use Wendell Carter Jr. They got Laurie Markkinen. They got, uh, they got you know a couple other bigs on that team. Julius Randle would be their best big for just rebounding and finishing in the paint by far. And that's something that you still need in the NBA, even when you have four out and one in. You need someone who can definitely bully down low. I just don't yeah. see I just don't see I just don't see it realistic just trading <laughs> yeah, for, just exactly. don't, for Levine. And here and even with my other option, which was okay, so you trade Bullock, who's a team friendly deal, you give up DSJ, hopefully you can reacclimate him because uh done, he's gonna be done this year. No pun intended.
1: And definitely pun intended.
0: No, really, no pun intended. <laughs> you got Dunn, who's going to be who's who's over with. So you, maybe you want to bring a DSJ who's got another was it one, two more years on his contract? Yeah, somewhere around there. And you know maybe you want him as an athletic guard that you're missing because Dunn did not Dun right give it. And then you this also the have, and then you also have to throw in Kevin Knox and give some cash, and you still got to give up draft picks. It's a lot of stuff you're giving up just to get Zach Levine. And my question is when it comes to Zach Levine, and this is all for the right price, right? You'd only make this trade for the right price. Like, what is he doing? Does he really move the needle? No, he doesn't really move the needle that much. So I just don't see that trade being that realistic. I can see the Bulls hop. If we sent the Bulls to draft picks with the new front office, I see them hopping on that instantaneously.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely. But you know the guy I really want from the Bulls, if we're really talking Bulls trade, is Laurie Markkinen.
0: Absolutely I think he now he is much more expensive. I wrote about that I wrote about that trade that's an expensive trade
1: yeah and, he's on his last, but he's on his last year of a, and he's a restricted deal and he hasn't really uh, performed he has shown glimpses he hasn't performed and we all know he's leaving.
0: but you see the thing is he did show he did show promise his first two years he is injury prone his last year this most recent year wasn't really that good. But he is the most coveted thing teams want, which is a shooting big.
1: Mm-hmm. Including us. He would be fantastic on the Knicks.
0: Yes. And we had one, and we gave that one up. So we – That guy has no knees. We're good. Facts. Um, <laughs> my thing with Markin is that they would still throw him a good amount of money and a new front office. They could persuade him to stay. So that may be a sign-and-trade option that we would have to go down – that road if Ryu wanted marketing, I just don't see him being on the market that easily and for a cheap cost because teams, there's no one saying, look, we know he's going to be cheap. He's going to leave during free agency. We don't know what he's going to do and he's going to be a restricted free agent. So we'd have to, we, there has to be a match.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a rookie deal. So it's hard to get that match. Um, and he is a restricted free agent. So the bulls have the right to match. So they do have the leverage there. Okay, so I get that all, but with a new front office for the Bulls, right, sometimes sometimes they clean house, they clean their books, and they start over, right? So yeah. if, if Leon Rose is able – again, you the two people that you mentioned in your Hoops Habit article that were really centered around these trades are the two Kentucky guys who will be done right by the Knicks, right? Like 100%. They will be done right. Kenny Payne and World Wide West and Leon Rose and, you know, and Tibbs, like they're going to take care of these guys, especially the Kentucky guys, right? We could all agree to that. For sure. And, you know, they're CIA guys too. So, it's, you know, they're going to be taken care of. So if they're going to stay on the team and if Knox and Randall are going to really be a part of this squad, great. I just don't see it. <laughs> so I, if, if they're going to go to Chicago – or again, I, I kind of want to jump into our, our second trade scenario, which is for that Chris Paul oh my point God. guard. That... So you know, what I'm saying I, I, that's fine with me. Like I'll, uh, I, I know it's kind of punting on you know potential of Kevin Knox. I know it's kind of punting on what Randall brings to the table. I know it's kind of punting on the free our salary cap because we're bringing in max deals for a veteran guy. I get all that, but in that scenario, I think that treating these guys right is almost the number one priority for the front office. And I kind of, I I just have a faith and a trust in it. And I I never had before.
0: I hear you. And and like, I agree that, you know, I have a trust that we're going to maintain relationships. This isn't going to be some sort of, you know, leave you hanging high and dry and, you know, f you essentially, I don't know, man. It's just tough. You see a it's tough. trade? I don't. I really don't. I don't see a bull. I don't trade. see a
1: bull trade either. You I see a OKC see... trade? That I see. Okay, you see OKC for who? For what kind of assets do you think? Because don't forget, we do have the trade exception, right? So we are going to make a trade at least here. So for Chris Paul
0: from OKC, this is why I see it's realistic. OKC is notorious for keeping the books under the tax under okay. the luxury tax. Yeah. That's the reason why I see this happening. Is it with the Knicks? I see. I don't necessarily, it's, I'm not guaranteeing it's going to be with the Knicks. I'm just seeing that he's going to be moved. And
1: no one reason, would take that
0: contract except for the Knicks. Well, that's the thing. It's who would need it. Right. Some people are rumoring the bucks, you know, maybe move Bledsoe and bringing Chris Paul. That makes sense. Chris Paul with Giannis is, would be crazy. And, and Middleton. And Middleton, that would be a crazy team. A really good team too. I don't know if the Bucks would make that trade because now you're giving up a young guard and Bledsoe for an old Chris Paul for a win now scenario. That's 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 a far stretch for the Knicks. We're looking to develop. This guy has helped develop OKC's young guys. That's why I see us doing it, and we have the assets. We could send him a pick. We could send him, like, a Dallas or a Clippers. I, I, well, not even a Dallas pick. It's not going to take not, that much. It's, not, it's, it's, not not good. Good. it's really not going to take that much. We could send him, like, a second rounder, and if we really want to be fine, a Clippers pick, but I don't even think it's going to cost that much. I really just see it costing a player and just taking his contract.
1: Yeah, that's really that's really my – that's really what I see happening for the Knicks and really what I want to happen for the Knicks. So when you talk when you talk to me about trade and a free agency for the Knicks offseason, the first thing that comes to my mind is give me Chris Paul, right? He's going to be cheap because nobody wants him. Nobody wants that $41 million contract for two years. Okay, I get that. But look at what you're gaining. You're gaining, first of all, you're gaining a veteran on the team who plays defense. He controls the tempo of the game. Look what happens when he's not on the court for OKC and they have a bunch of young guys. It's what happens. Yeah. It's awful when he's not on the court and look what he does to somebody to every single center he has ever played with. Oh, he makes him better. Okay. So, and then number three, it's going to attract, it's going to detract certain players. I'm sure that don't love playing with Chris Paul, right? Cause he has some sort of reputation, but it's also going to attract some players. Like if Chris Paul comes to the Knicks, there is a 100% chance Melo's coming to the Knicks. Okay? See, I still don't. See, even if we get
0: Chris Paul, and this is the issue with it's doing Melo's that. It's Melo's
1: team. You know what I mean? It's Melo. Melo is nobody. But here's the issue. Melo be so jealous, man, honestly. New York is his team.
0: I know, but here's the issue with doing that. You know, Melo wants to start then if he's going to, if Chris Paul is here. And that means we got to compete. Those two are not coming out of the team where, where we're not competing.
1: That's not happening. One player. Maybe. It depends. It depends. If you give if you give Melo a viable option at starter over him, like a real player, and you're like, hey Melo, we're gonna start this guy over you and he's actually good, no problem. But if you're gonna start like honest to God, like Mo Harkless, or you're gonna start like well, Reggie Bullock, you know oh, you yeah. say like somebody like that, you can't you can't like you can't have Melo be benched to those guys. But if you get if you get in real guys and you're like yo, Melo, I want you to be the number one sixth man off the bench. I'm sure he'll eat up that role, but I can't even think of a person that the Knicks would get as a starting four, uh, three or four that would play over Melo at this point.
0: Maybe yeah. Mar- maybe
1: the Morris twins. I, I those th- those are the, those are two free agents that I love. I love the Morris twins. I would love if they come back to the squad.
0: Yeah, I mean, if Melo understood that he's coming back, and the expectation is that we're developing, and we're you know most likely not playing the playoffs. Which is this is what makes no sense to me mm-hmm. at this point. And I, I would love to have Mello back on the team. You know this is a Mellow Stan podcast. He is winning right now. That is a hard situation you're leaving arguably one of the best one of the best backcourts in the NBA with CJ and
1: Dane. They are one of the best. No, I I'm agree. Saying, I agree. I'm no, saying, it's just a one and done. I just feel like it's yeah. a one and done for him. And, I then, just feel like and he's then on top of that, all, and then that's it for you know, like a one run to the chip with them, especially in the bubble. Dame is playing out of his mind. That, that
0: would be wild. The only way I see that him leaving is if they win a chip this year, which is like that is a quite an obstacle. But I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't see him leaving after one stint, especially if you're doing this well. He loves to win, man. He wants to win. This is, yeah. That's a tough situation to leave. Yeah. It looks like he's having fun. He's playing defense. He's doing everything that you know people were just getting on mellow for when he was in New York. He's doing it now. It's great it's to tough. see. And
1: he, yeah, he, he. I mean, he hit. He hit the. Sh- he hit that shot. He missed a shot right that big three, um, and nobody said a word about it. If it was in New York, would have been the biggest oh, deal. And then, my and, then, God. <laughs> and then he hit the three in the same exact spot the next game, and it was a mo- You know, it was a beautiful moment. Everyone freaked out like. I, I can see how that's attractive, right? But I also I just feel that Mello misses being the king. And I know that he embraces his role, but like when he's in New York, it's just different, man. And even when he showed up, you know, uh, when as you know, as a Blazer, he just it's just different. And I think that especially if his boy Chris Paul shows up, there's just no chance he's not coming. And especially with the new Knicks, man, you don't think Melo's trying to walk in there with Leon Rose and Tibbs. Tibbs is his boy. He almost went to Chicago for him. You know what I mean? I just feel that if the Knicks have a point guard there, Melo's coming. Yeah.
0: I I get what you're saying. I just can't see it, man. I really can't see it. He already has a point guard. He has the best point guard right now he's ever played with.
1: Yeah, we'll see. I mean I agree with you. On, 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 on paper, on paper, it makes absolutely zero percent sense to leave the Portland Trailblazers and to join the New York Knicks. I, I could not agree with you more. But it's, there's just more levels to it than that. It, it's it's more important for him to join the Knicks on the come up than to just sit in Portland and like, you know, and get a first round, second round knockout. In my yeah. in my opinion.
0: No, I like, look, I get you.
1: We got confetti for beating the Miami Heat in one game, man. We had confetti. But, that, but that's
0: the Knicks for not winning a playoffs <laughs> in how many years at that point? I'm just or?
1: saying, like, I'm just saying, like, that was, like, the we had such a good moment. Like, I just feel that he, he needs to be a part of it. And any success in New York without – if Melo's in the league and he's not there, I think that would burn his soul. <laughs> I, I, I honestly truly do. But, again, he's, he, he's not going to be super important to the plus minus of the team. But I do think that Chris Paul would be, and I really do hope. I, I, know, that's, I know that's a weird take, right? I know that this Chris Paul take is, is really weird with the $45 million, but who's who's coming to the Knicks, man? Who are the Knicks signing with their with their cap space?
0: Well, I can actually name a few people who we yeah, can tell me. So, like, there's some options that we can go through, like, you know, with cap space. I mentioned Davis Bert Hans. That's definitely one eight free agent that they want to go to. Joe Harris is probably another one who's on the Brooklyn Nets. Although uh, I think it was uh, Joseph Tsai who said that they were looking to really or whoever. He's said, the number one priority. He, dude, I would love to get Joe Harris on this team. Um, Cause he's just a light show, lights out shooter. And he's showing that right now, even in the bubble, um, you know, Danilo Gallinari bringing the rooster back home. That's another option that we can get guys who can another dude that can shoot. Um, those are some guys that I, I know that we have. Like on none the of table. those,
1: none of those move the meter for me. But Chris it's
0: Paul not, does. It's not moving the needle. It's not going to move the needle. You know, we could throw Marcus Morris in there too, right? That's another dude who's. I love the Morris
1: twins, man. I love the Morris twins. I could see them low key coming to the Knicks.
0: Yeah, those, those are like some guys. We also have uh, Jeremiah Grant, who's on the Nuggets. He's really good. You know not good in the sense like he's putting you over the needle as well. He's just a good player. Like he's very active, very mobile. He can shoot, you know, very energetic. He's got bunnies, a guy who can play at power forward. Uh, Montrez Harrell is going to be a free agent. That's another dude that we can try to go after. People mention Detroit's Christian Wood, not really thrilled about Christian Wood in all honesty. He didn't really show that much. And, you know, I know Detroit's most likely going to pay him but there's just a small sample size and he's going to demand some sort of money if we want to get him. And that's just not, and I don't think that's
1: financially prudent. Um, but you're burying the lead, Alex, you're burying the lead on the on the number one guy that everybody is linking to the Knicks right now in the free agency, Anthony Davis. No, Mr. Fred Van Fleet. Oh, I'm
0: about to say, cause Anthony, I mean, he, he is going to be a free. He's going to opt out. He's going to be a free agent. Basically, You think he's going to go he's gonna opt out? Anthony Davis?
1: Yeah, I don't know if he's going to – opt out. No,
0: why? for my money reasons, like because of COVID?
1: Yeah, because I don't know what the salary caps – I don't know what they're going to do for this one year. So I think he might just take the another year in L.A. and then just figure it out after that. But I don't know because his, his value is not going to go down. He's going to gonna, he's, he's gonna get a max contract. So I think that he's just going to keep this for now and then open it up next year when the world is fine. There's a real offseason, like you said. It's going to be shortened. Things are going to be weird. I think he's just going to stay, and then once everything opens up and he kind of sees how the league operates on a normal basis, then teams could kind of figure out what to do.
0: All right, that's fair. I thought you were going to say him. Also, Brandon Ingram could be another potential target. Sure, but- big
1: superstar. Yeah, those are big superstars. I mean, for, for small guys, I I, I like Willie Cully Stein, you know, that can you know kind of jump on board. Yeah, but- yeah, sure. But the real big guy that everybody's talking about right now, and he's, and f- for good reason, he's he dominated in Wichita State. He did okay when he came to the league, and now he's dominating, you know, with the Raptors. He won the championship last year. Nobody talked about him because Kawhi was there. But we got Fred Van Fleet, man. And whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. He had, he was being talked about. Let's, I mean, let's we, had Pete, we had
1: Spicy P. We had Spicy P, Ibaka, Kawhi. I mean, Fred he, Van Fleet was on the bottom of the list.
0: Sure, fine. On that bottom of that list of, like, five players between, like, you're gonna, you said a Kawhi, Spicy P, you have Lowry. You can even throw yeah. Marcus Gasol in there. And then you could throw Van Vliet. Van Vliet was locking up Steph Curry and causing havoc last year. Let's not
1: – Yeah, for sure, And sure. making
0: big shots. Let's not, let's yeah. not diminish but what now, he's doing. But this
1: year, he's he's the guy.
0: I mean, he's, he's doing really well in yeah. uh, the bubble. And, you know, it's not like he's a bad player – I know I know people want him and I'll say this I would be happy to have him the amount of money that I'm wondering what we would throw to get him is question is questionable if we're talking about 20 to get him here for like 80 yeah sure I'll do it I I, I would do that anything more than that I'd for how say, long
1: for how long you're gonna lock us up for like four or five years
0: uh, well, he can't get the five years because he's going to be a free Yeah. Team. But yeah. you get you get you either do three. If you're doing three, then you have to give him more than twenty. If you're going to get him for four years, it's it could be minimum twenty.
1: Exactly. So we're I I I don't oh, man. Like again, he's good. He's young. He has potential. But I'm not trying to lock him up for three four years at a twenty mil, man. Yeah, it's give me Chris Paul forty for two instead. I, I you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh and we know what we have. We I mean again, I know Van Fleet's great. I mean, we've been watching him since college, right? But I mean, he's in a great system. Nick Nurse is a great coach. They have a fantastic system. It's obviously working. They don't need Kawhi Leonard, right? They almost did, they like they went a notch down, but they really haven't skipped a beat. I mean, yeah. he, he's, he he they're almost they're, they're they're almost they they call the the Bucks, the East Coast Spurs, but it's really the Raptors.
0: Yeah, I I so you're saying like Fred Van is just excelling because of the system that he's in, and like if he left. He's, that not, he system,
1: he's, he's not a system point guard. I don't I don't want to go too far, but Chris Paul has proven that he is the system. Chris Paul goes from team to team and it becomes a Chris Paul offense, a Chris Paul defense. Right. I just don't know if uh, Van Fleet is going to go to the Knicks and he's going to be Van Fleet. I think he I think he's going to go to the Knicks and he's going to become a Nick. You know what I'm trying to say? Like he's going to mesh into this like we don't really have a point guard. We don't really have a shooting guard. And he's just kind of like dribbling. But we got
0: but we got. uh, And I know I'm going to say that I I was going to say that we have tips, but we've yet to see our new regime coach so it's hard and to say doesn't what really would run
1: an offense, man. Tibbs doesn't really run an offense, like, you know, so we're kind of worried about that too on the low.
0: Yeah, but you know, we are if we're gonna trust Kenny Payne and we're gonna trust uh, you know, was it, uh Bryant, and Bryant has worked with guards. I'm not saying he's gonna make Van Vliet a Mitchell into a Mitchell or
1: even a Damian Lillard, but if he can maximize he needs to event. be Damon Sattermeyer, man. He needs to be Damon Sattermeyer. And hmm. honestly, like, if, if Fan Fleet can be Damon Sattermeyer, I think he's going to be a beast. Like, he's, he's a great player, man. He could be in the East All Star game a bunch of times. I'm not going to be surprised. He can make the, the All NBA, like, second team. You know, I wouldn't be shocked. You know, it, yeah. You know, it, he, and he could be that. I just, and he could be a great player on the Knicks. I just don't think he's going to change the change the offense. I guess, I guess that's the best way to put it. I just need someone who's going to take control of the tempo of the game. Of of And if you even watch these Raptors, sometimes Van 3 gets lost in the middle of the game. Like the tempo's not running through him. You know what I mean? If you watch an OKC game, when they're doing bad, it's because Chris Paul's doing bad. When they're doing well, it's because Chris Paul's doing well. And I feel like that's always how his teams are. And I kind of want that. You know what I mean? I just kind of want that Guy running the show and holding the ball. Because all I know about the Knicks is inbounding the ball and a free-for-all. I have no idea what's about to happen as soon as they cross half court. I literally have no idea. Like, someone could be Stop popping it. out for a three. Someone could be like, you know, uh, it could be Melo shooting a three. Or this, it could be like RJ doing some weird stuff or like pulling up. Or like, I have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. Julius Randle spin moves, of course. Like, I have yeah. no clue what's so-
0: going to happen. So here's here's the, I don't see either one being a terrible option between Chris Paul or Fred Van Vliet. You're going in two totally different directions though with both players. It's two totally definitely. Van Vliet to me, you're both. You can commit both to the rebuild. With both of them, one more so than the other. Actually, I'll say that I, I, I can see it actually going many ways. Not the more I think about it. Cause you can go rebuild with Fred Van Vliet and just have like a middling team, um, you know, and, and try to get to 30 some odd wins. Uh, you could also go with Chris Paul and try to get to, you know, middling some odd wins. It's really tough to see. Uh, it's really tough to figure out. I mean, but, I love
1: the Chris Paul rebuild, man. I, I I I agree. The
0: thing I like what you're saying is that Chris Paul, you're paying it out front for two years and then you're free. With Van Vliet, we have to stick with him for four years. And if he's not doing well for one and two years, it's going to be really hard to move. And if we're drafting a point guard, if we have that opportunity, you know, I'm not worried about Fred Van Vliet playing the shooting guard. Cause he's done that with Lowry. It's, we're not sure yet, but we'll figure it out. We'll see if Fred VanVleet, we'll see if FDV is in the in the cards based on how this draft goes. You know,
1: and I think I think Lowry's super underrated into what he does for VanVleet. I think you're totally right. Lowry gets no love right now, and I think he's huge for him. And I don't think we have a Lowry. You know yeah. what I mean? And we don't. And, and we don't have Nick Nurse. I know. I know we have Tibbs, but like. Again, Nick Nurse proved that he could run an offense. He could he could create an offense and figure it out, and it, with a superstar, without one. Tibbs hasn't done that, man. And so I, I I I just I don't trust I don't trust my eyes when it comes to Van Fleet. Okay, because like I see that he does well. He's been doing well with Utah. They couldn't have done it without him. They they couldn't have done it without him in in Toronto. But I just don't tr- I don't trust what I see. I don't think it translates to the Knicks.
0: I hear you. I hear you. And, and this is where, like, I I leave more Chris Paul, too, because you, as you said, at two years, you're done with the contract. You free yourself up with roster. He'll develop. If we get a point guard, it's over and done with. The point guard is ready to go. And that's fine. And I see that. And you can still – develop your team. You're probably a 31 team. You can work to get, become a 41 team. You know, Chris Paul is going to push him. Concern with Chris Paul is his age, health, all those things. Other nice factor that you get with Chris Paul is that he is the president of the basketball uh, players association, the NBPA. Uh, and so it would create a new relationship, especially if he's treated well by the next organization, his word would carry throughout the league. So there's also those benefit benefits as well. With going with Fred VanVleet, though, here's the thing: you can still get the development. You know you're getting a competent guard to play. The question is the team around him. We know we're not going to have the team around him fully next year. If you believe in the team that they're going to develop these players, and that R.J. is going to be a true contributor, that Mitchell's that uh, not Mitchell. Uh, yeah, Mitchell Robinson's going to be a true uh, contributor. Um, that Frank could be a decent contributor, and Knox could be a decent contributor. And then you surround them with good veterans, whether it could be, uh, you know, a, a Marcus Morris or a Jeremiah Grant or someone else, someone that can. That these guys can continue to get better. You're not losing out either. That it's just two different trains of thought. And the but the question is with Fred Van VanVleet is that you're walking up. Not crazy amount of money is Chris Paul. It's eighty year. It's eighty million for four years. So, the the very least, would you be willing to do three years with a team option? Because that's another option that he could take. We just have to give him more money up front.
1: Yeah, like the twenty ten Knicks, right? That were like trying to open up for LeBron, and we had all that future. You know, I get it. Like you don't want to pull your books with Chris Paul for 40 mil and you would, you know, you'd rather spread it out so you could have a little bit extra. Right. But that's not what we have. And I'm finally happy that that's not our mentality or I hope that's not our mentality, but let me ask you a question with these two guys as in relation to our lottery pick. Right. So let's just say we get a top 10 pick. Okay. And we draft a point guard. (laughs) Let's just say, okay. Do you, how do you, do you think that either of those two affect the point guard uh, positive or negative, or do you think that we won't end up? We will draft a point guard if we end up getting one of these two guys? Like, How do you think this all falls? It's so hard
0: to answer that question because if we do have Chris Paul, if we drafted a point guard, he's going to learn and develop under Chris Paul, and I trust that. If it's Fred Van Vliet, there's a bigger question mark because I would say Fred Van Vliet is a good veteran to learn from. The question then is on our training staff, to also develop, right? And you know, we're hearing all these good words. These are all these are all word of mouth that we're hearing. This is all like unguaranteed stuff that you know it's worked for other organizations who have been successful. So if we got you know a Lamelo Ball, if we got a Killian Hayes, if we got a Kiara Lewis, if we got a Cole Anthony, if you're making we got me, a Tyrese you're making Halberd, me cheese
1: You're making me cheese over here.
0: Like <laughs> we like they could all you know, theoretically be good with Van Vliet and they could all be average with Van Vliet. It all depends on the entire system then. With Chris yeah. Paul, I know like look what he's he's helped SGA. He's helped SGA so much. Like it's just and Dennis Schroeder as well. He's helped. He's elevated that team. I know that he's gonna elevate the team coming here because I see it. You know, OKC on paper had like a nice little squad that could potentially get 30 wins and he squeezed as much as he can. And he's also, he's also been healthy this entire time. I think there's just so much of a question mark. If we talk about Fred Vandenbley and, and drafting a point guard, but that's, those are just. Uh...
1: Yeah. I think, I think we're on the same page, honestly, which I really didn't think we were going to be uh, coming into this free agency talk. Uh, uh, but we really are. I mean, we're, we're kind of both on the board with CP three, because of what he brings to the table and, and the short and the short amount of years, but a lot of money. We're on the same page with Zach Levine being too much. If we could steal in, that'd be fantastic.
0: It's not gonna, that's not going to
1: happen. Yeah, I mean, and, and even the free agents that we kind of – like coming back, like Portis and Bullock, or Kentucky guys like Cully Stein or the Morris brothers coming through, like we kind of have the same idea working. But where do you see Randall falling? I really want to get your idea about Julius Randall. We're keeping Randall. Okay. You think he's there do- for at least one year or fulfill his contract? I mean, the to
0: fulfill his contract would be one year. We can release him the the next year. He just yeah. has to finish this one year. Okay, okay. It You're all gonna- this all this all depends. You know, he that team option gets utilized if he plays well this season. He has Kenny Payne coming back. He worked with Kenny Payne. He's ecstatic about Kenny Payne if he can elevate his game and if he's in a good role to show that he is still productive, I could see him getting that team option exercise. If he's not, if he's, you know, not passing the ball out in double or triple team, if he's over dribbling, if he's not efficient, I don't see it being exercised. I see it. I don't see, I don't see him being back the following year. He, Like Kevin Knox, will have you know these are his. This is these are both their years to show that this is it that they can you know that they're going to make that next step because this is really going to determine what happens to them for both of them the following year. So
1: yeah, I mean, I mean, the only way Chris Paul comes here is if Randall leaves, right? We got to match that contract somehow. So those those big deals like Randall would have to go in that type of deal.
0: He would. But if I remember Begley's piece, he didn't mention Randall. He mentioned Bullock. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned Knox, or Aquina plus some draft picks. Mm. I'm not sure how that works. I'm not – I would have to look at the CBA. Um, mm-hmm. But he mentioned that as a trade option, so we see. Sure. But, yeah. But before we get to et cetera, you know, let's touch on the lottery for a little bit. This, you know, weighing – uh, and this is more of not really going in-depth into it. We're hoping for the best because this pod is coming out on Friday based on the way that, you know, the system works here. Our boy, Ricey, our producer, our phenomenal producer, Ricey. Shout out to uh, Raisin Man. Yeah, man. Uh, he does a great job. With Just got mute- picked up to another label. Yeah, man. He, phenomenal dude, does a lot of work for us. You know, it's just the way that all of us work. Like we do the recording on Wednesday, he puts it all together together on Thursday. And you know, with the Jets, it's Sunday, he puts it together on Monday, so it's ready for Tuesday. So just wanna let you know that if you're not getting any lottery reaction, it's because this is a Wednesday night. But I'll say this when you guys are listening to this, we're hopefully happy. And you can follow us on our Twitter handle at Nick's Jets, et cetera, to see if we're happy or not, or follow our own personal accounts. Cause you'll know if we're happy or not. Hopefully we land in the top four. That's what
1: we're getting we're that top for. four. We're getting that top four. We have a 38% chance of getting the top four.
0: I love the energy, John.
1: We have a We have a 9% chance of getting the number one pick, which is 2% better than the Pelicans had last year. Take that for data, Alex. Take that for data.
0: Thank you. Uh, Second coming to (laughs) Fisdale,
1: yeah, man. I, 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 to be honest with you, I don't even want the Knicks to have the first round, the first pick of the draft because we're totally gonna mess that up. (laughs) Oh, god,
0: you know, I always like, I always talk about this too. I'm like, let's just get the second,
1: yeah, yeah, like I just don't want the number one pick because we will 100% mess that up. And you know what the thing is, here's the other thing, and then
0: this this is the end end of our Knicks portion. We'll have the number one. We'll choose a player who's touted to be taken, who should be taking number one overall. And then if he doesn't work out and there's another superstar, the Knicks didn't do their due diligence for the guy who got drafted in the 70s. It's like, all
1: right. (laughs) I I don't even care about the media. I just don't trust us. But again, I'm just jaded, man. I'm jaded. I never had a front office. Okay. I don't know what it's like to have a, to have good basketball operations. So when I, when I see it, i believe it.
0: For sure. But for that, John, that ends our next portion. So let's quickly get into our Etcetera. And what do we got for
1: today, bud? For Etcetera, man, we have the greatest thing that has come upon us from this horrible pandemic. Which and is? that is the NCAA NBA bubble playoffs.
0: It's phenomenal. It, it has you know been I love amazing, it. man. You know I love it. I was more hyped than anything to see the Trailblazers take game one from the Lakers. Mello making some big plays. Dave just having a game. You love to see it. LeBron sw- asking
1: to switch off of Mello. What is, is, it, what, is this 2003? Yeah, man. So right now, by the time you're hearing this, they'll have – Played game two with Rondo back. So, what do you think that playoff Rondo has already done to the Portland Trail Blazers, Alex? Let's give us a little future preview going on. Nothing. You don't think Rondo's going to make a difference?
0: LeBron's the point guard.
1: Oh, man blasphemy there is blasphemy in the etc portion of this podcast oh. and you don't believe in playoff rondo and i believe going a, to show i you. believe
0: in playoff rondo i don't believe in playoff rondo existing with lebron james because oh, it's happening oh okay if that one one uh, i'll agree that it could it's definitely I'll, I'll agree that it's most likely it could be one one i don't see it being rondo making that big of an impact. Helping him.
1: Old takes exposed right now. This is old takes exposed. Ricey,
0: but- <laughs> save this one and cut this out. You're listening to me right now because I will let the, I will gladly have this played at the end of the
1: next episode. No problem. I'm done. No save problem. it. Pin it. No problem. I have a I have a quick I have a quick comment to make. Right? We ha uh as we're recording this right now, it is the Yankees. Versus Tampa and the cold start, it's the bottom of the ninth. Man on first and second with two outs. We're down two. Andrew Hard just struck out. Uh, all right. So th- there are some things happening on the, in the background. But before we get into that, are the Milwaukee Bucks frauds? Tell us right now, Alex.
0: Uh, do we all remember last year when the Orlando Magic took game one from the Toronto Raptors? Because it's the same thing happening now. I don't believe the Bucs are going to be knocked out in round one. I am concerned about the Bucs because they are not looking like regular season Bucks, And this is what I keep. I talk about this all the time with anyone I play basketball with or anyone I want to talk hoops with. The issue with the Bucs is, is that there is a clear system. Not surprising because holes is from the Hawks and the Hawks had a clear system. And it got exposed in the playoffs. The way that the Bucks work is either Giannis is driving and then they're kicking out for three or three and then Giannis can drive. Mm-hmm. Giannis, as talented and gifted as he is, and as much as I hate the slander from James Harden, he is right in the sense where Giannis can't shoot. Giannis is very athletic, talented, and getting to the rack. His ability not to shoot that fluently really changes the game for the bucks and it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. It's easy to expose because it's like, can we contain Giannis for a little bit where he's not doing that much? Yes. Then we can stop this whole thing. Are they not shooting tonight? Okay. Now we can really focus on Giannis. It's just tough. He got, he got exposed last year by the Raptors and that's just how that team works. So I don't necessarily think they're frauds. I think there's just, a very low ceiling
1: on the team. Okay. okay. So, but you, you think they're easily going to get through the series?
0: I think they're going to get through the series. Okay. I, I think they're going to the second round. And five?
1: Uh, or you think yeah. it's going to go deep? I think five. It should be five. Because one thing I've noticed in the bubble, besides the no defense, is the fatigue. Shots are getting short. You, you'll start noticing at the end of the game. Uh, the legs start getting, the jumps start getting shorter. Everything's hitting the front of the rim. And you're kind of noticing this slow tempo at the end of the game. And I think that the no defense has a big part to do with that. I think that the number one guy to look at is Embiid. I think Embiid, he, he, he does amazing in the beginning. Every first quarter, he's a monster. Every first, ha- you know, But then that's it. As the game goes on, he gets tired, slows down, and he can't finish it up. And I think that that's why teams like the Heat and teams like the Yaz, right? I, I think I think that they are the, the pulling up numbers because they can run.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know who's ready to play? Portland Trailblazers. They don't tire. They, they legit fought for that AC, man.
1: See, I think it's going to come and bite them. I think Ooh. they're going to get tired. I the think they Yeah, I think they got tired uh in the and during the last two games, right? The last game and then the play they game. They did. Right, and then they, they were good for the they were good for game 1. They were up for game 1, okay? And they took it to the Lakers. I just I think I see Rondo coming back and then I see fatigue hitting the Blazers. I really do see I I I do hope I'm wrong. I'm going to, I'm going to say that right now. Me too. I I hope hope you're wrong too. I hope, I hope I'm so wrong. I I'll be the number one guy on the anti-Lakers Blazers club. Like, like no problem. We we, we are with them, right? We do not want to see the Lakers succeed. We don't want to see LeBron succeed. Like, you know, like that's no problem for us, but, and we love Melo. Like, you know, so this, this fits perfect for our, you know, narrative. For sure. But I just see Rondo, AD, LeBron, Taking it to the – and Vogel, honestly, putting a nice plan for them. Okay, I see KCP waking up a little bit uh, and Dwight Howard kind of doing something. But let me ask you about the Nuggets, man. What's going on with the Nuggets? Joker has been amazing, right? Yeah. Murray put on a show game one, but game two they got rocked by the Jazz. Dude, the the Nuggets – the Nuggets are a team that have Without to grind Mike it Conley out. Without Mike Conley, too.
0: They have to grind it out. They're a team that just has to grind it out. They're not – you know, everyone keeps talking about their maturity in this, and I don't know if it's necessarily maturity at this point. You know, they're re- really good regular season team. At this point, it's – I guess it is part maturity. At the same time, it's, it's also part talent. Like, they got Jamal Murray. They got Joker. They got the guys to score. I don't know, man. It's just – I don't even know if it's maturity. It's just like there's just some teams that just can't do it, like when it when the lights are on them, and they can kind of do it.
1: They just got to grind it out. It's really just a focus. Has has your mind changed? Let me let's end on this. Has your mind changed about any team in the bubble just from the just from the one or two playoff games so far? No, not
0: really. I, I need I need game. Threes and fours to really get like good ideas of like where we're going with this, especially game four. Then I can then I can really see how frisky a team is. Like if they're if it's two two, then it's like okay,
1: okay, I can kind of get an idea. I can see that, but let me tell you what's been weird, man. I don't see that tightness, and I can't really explain it. But when I'm watching NBA playoff games, normally there's a tightness when you're. On the road. Like, it's just, the ball's heavier, right? Like, it's harder to shoot. The rim is smaller. People are loud. You can't hear. Like, you're trying to actively concentrate. all that's gone, John. All gone. And honestly, like...
0: They're shooting in the same gym. They're not traveling. Everyone gets to see each other. They're at the hotel. There's no crowds, really. And...
1: There's no also there's no family there's no fans there's no girls they're trying to take care of there's no guys they're trying to take care of there's nothing and here's there's the no thing. media
0: and here's the thing with the same gym you're comfortable with it you're going legitimately to the same gym every single time you know how we, when we play pickup if we go to a new court the depth perception changes right the feeling changes everything that you're so comfortable and used to it all changes it's the same thing here man yep. they're just and we have very small margin for error we have, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and so for them it's the same like it's the same thing every single day so and especially with no crowds it's shooting in a, they're legit shooting an open gym they're not hearing the you know the real crowd noise they know that it's fake no one's really watching it it's all for the effect for the for people watching but they understand what's going on they're like
1: all right. yeah and i think all this stuff is elevating pl- uh, non-superstar non-veteran players but I do th- and I do think that it's hurting like people like LeBron or people or sharpshooters, right? And I'm gonna ask you this weird question and we'll we'll end it on this note. Do you think that the Splash brothers who are not in the NBA who are not in the NBA bubble, not in the playoffs, you think that they are more effective in the bubble or in Oracle? Because honestly, I don't think the, the like the, the big bad warriors that we're used to, even as they were, would be as dominant in the bubble. Because a three-point shot by a Splash Brother on the road or or at home is worth five points. You know what I mean? It either kills the crowd, kills your team, kills momentum, and yeah, don't oh have that.
0: yeah, I can so, see that. I can like agree. Lebron. Can't.
1: Lebron is dunking. Lebron is doing all these things, right? He's having a, a crazy game with these passes yesterday, and nobody cares. The momentum's not changing. Nothing's happening. It's just like a two points, just like we're playing pickup.
0: Yeah, I can see that, and I can kind of get behind that. My thing with the Steph, with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson is that scores still scoring, and it's still disheartening when someone puts threes consistently back to back to back to back to back on you,
1: and you're yeah. like, "Wow,
0: I gotta make, I gotta keep up with this." So there's that real element too.
1: Yeah, that's true. I just feel like that's the reason for all the parity uh, and the amazing NBA playoff bubble. I really commend the NBA for putting on a show for us. Really,
0: for sure. Thank you, Adam Silver.
1: Yeah, he honestly got this right. But you know who didn't get anything right? Oh god. Is these Yankees in this Tampa series, which was so vital for us, right? Because so Tampa Bay Rays are now our number one issue. It's not the Red Sox, it's not the Orioles and the Blue Jays who are kind of decent right now. It's those Rays from Tampa. And we it's blew actually, it, man. We but we blew we blew the series. I mean we have another cycle, game man. coming. What is
0: the cycle? Why is it always between the Red Sox, Tampa? Like Orioles have given us trouble,
1: but not really. Blue Jays have given us trouble, but not really. But it's always either Tampa or the Red Sox. Why? The Tampa has been – I mean, the Red Sox we know, right? The Red Sox are big spenders. Uh, they're big guy. You know, they're, they won the chip. You know? So, I, I won't really – I'm not really shocked about them. The Rays, man, the Rays are gritty. Okay, the Rays, they've been pulling together these like bullpen sessions the last couple of years, kind of like faking everybody out. Like, oh, yeah, we don't have a pitcher, we don't have a pitcher. They got pitchers, man. Okay, they have hitters. Uh, And just because the average Major League Baseball fan or the average sports fan can't name them, okay, the Rays are beasts and we blew it this series and it's going to come back to bite us in this short term. So if you haven't realized, Alex, We have the worst lineup we can possibly pull out right now. We have Aaron Judge out. We have Stanton out.
0: Okay, now now you're just now you're just making me sad, John.
1: We got What's... all these people out, man. What do you think? What do you think? What do you what do you think about Judge, man? Do you do you think that he's coming? Do you think he's coming back, or do you think this is all for for nothing and he's going to be out for the rest of the season?
0: I think he's coming back. Okay, I think he's coming back. I don't see it. I think they're just being. They're being cautious. It's such a short season. Why? It's one a short season. Two, it's kind of like that double edged sword where it's like it's worth something, but it's not worth something at the same time. So like, why risk our our guy, like our top tier dude, to go get hurt during?
1: Yeah, a wash of that. a season. I don't you know think I mean? it's a wash. I think I think we're gonna get that twenty seven asterisk this year. I think we are I want that asterisk. I want that asterisk for for this chip. I don't care what anyone says. I want And then it. we could put
0: on the mantle right next to the Astros who should not have an asterisk. That thing should just be erased <laughs> from history.
1: As long as we don't have a parade, I'll be super happy with the Yankees chip this year. No parade. There we go. <laughs> Last thing before we go, Alex, tell us how you feel about Tatis hitting a grand slam on the 30 pitch. Tell us right now.
0: Uh it's amazing.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> And that stupid, stupid comment by the manager honestly makes me want to throw up. And honestly, I want to end it on that note because that if the Yankees manager came out and said that about a player of mine, I think I would honestly be protesting right now in front of the Yankee Stadium.
0: We should just go protest right now and <laughs> just do it right now, right? Everyone, get outside. No, don't get outside. I'm just joking. No,
1: but seriously, how crazy is that, man? The Padres manager, you just hit a grand slam for them. He's he's looking out for his old team, the Rangers, and he's putting his guy out to out to roast. That's the stuff that we take for granted about the New York Yankees, something that Aaron Boone wouldn't do. Nope. And sometimes you have to forgive Aaron Boone for looking out for his players like Aaron Judge and kind of BSing this whole week or injury. Well, you got ta- to take – It's
0: the New York media, man. If you give them – If you give them just an inch, they'll take it to a mile. So, he knows. On that note, Alex. On that note, thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Knicks, Jets, Etc. podcast. To Knicks, episode three. We are six podcasts in. Thank you for listening. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And please leave us a review and let us know what you think, how we can improve like we always say we're just trying to build this community and bring you know the teams that we love to you and just have it going um john anything else let's go Knicks. there you go Wait, everyone